hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool. Aaron. Okay, test mine again. Check, check. That's pretty good. Okay. Say it some more. Check, check, check. Right. Test, test. And you're going to talk. Okay. We're going to be asking you lots of questions. <laughs> good um, questions. And if we have to, like, redo something, we can redo it. If we hit the table or we will wait for the train to come by, will you shut that door? Sure. Yeah, which you know, happens on occasion. So, well, this is fantastic. Welcome to the design tent. We have a fabulous guest, <laughs> Boris Draka. I will let Boris introduce himself, but I know Boris at Dell. He's been working with me and uh, our peers at Dell now, you said a decade. Just about a decade now, yeah. Just about a decade. And the reason why I feel Boris is a fantastic candidate to bring in to interview is that Boris started off as a graphic designer. And you went to St. Ed's, which is a local university here. Right. Um, and you're going to give us a little bit of details. But basically, Boris came in kind of as graphic design help for the product designers, and he shoved his way into the industrial design team uh, wanting to do industrial design. And so, Boris, you're now, give us your title, Adele. Uh, I'm the senior industrial designer for the Alienware team. Okay. So I design their notebooks. Um, currently, I did some desktops initially. And yeah, that's kind of it. Okay. Right well, there's more to you than that, but let's <laughs> introduce everybody here because you haven't met everyone. I'll let them introduce themselves. Go ahead. All Dan. right. I'm Daniel Phipps, and um, I uh, run Access Design here. We're a small design team, and I've been in uh, the Austin area since 99, and I used to work at Dell for oh, cool. six years and then left and, and do, have been doing consulting here since. Nice. And I'm Aaron. Um, I've been working here with Daniel for three years, going on four. Um, I'm also the senior industrial designer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> He's the most senior. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, I did go to uh, to design school for industrial design at the University of Houston. Um, so I'm interested in in seeing what like kind of um, led you to to want to become an industrial designer. Yeah, that's that's where we should start. So Boris, why don't you talk about you first you went into university and you were studying graphic right. design. Right. Um, why design? Why graphic design? And then what was the thing that made you want to switch? Oh, man. I feel like it could go back really far because I think design's really kind of, it's about like curiosity, right? Like you want to solve problems and it's also kind of a little bit of art too, right? You want to have some sort of self-expression. So like I could almost go back, like when I was a kid, I was obviously in Yugoslavia. That's where I grew up and it was like on the front lines. And so we had a lot of like uh, UN soldiers coming in. Yeah, explain. You're talking like we all know what the front lines mean. So um, I don't know about Aaron, but Dan and I grew up pretty comfortably here in the U.S. So um, you, you please 
And this is why I think this is you're a critical interview for us uh, as a young man working in design, uh, but understanding your background and where you came from, how you got here, and then the desire to want to go into industrial design and be an industrial designer. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I guess going back to Yugoslavia, what front lines are, I guess when it was sort of splitting up. There was lots of different ethnicities, lots of different groups out there. Um, and then in 1992, the war broke out there. And so the UN was sent there to kind of have some peacekeeping between like the Serbian and the Croat sort of lines. Uh, and I lived literally right on that front line. But one of the things that I would do is I would give the soldiers like uh, pictures so I would just, I would draw their, they would have like the armored personnel carriers and I would draw those vehicles. I would draw like the guys that I would talk to. Uh, I was like one of those kids that would run after the cars like, chocolada, chocolada, and they would like <laughs> throw me chocolates. But I found out like, you know, if I drew them like vehicles and things like that, they like really tended to kind of like give me more stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd get like all kinds of like cool like French chocolates because a lot of those guys from, you know, coming in from France. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of, that really got me into like drawing a lot. And I, I just, I also like the praise, I guess, from all those guys because I was always, it was like a, it was basically a village. It wasn't really like a town. So... You know, it was some praise from somebody because, you know, I'm just running around like a little kid in the, in the bushes. <laughs> um, and then that really kind of got me into, I really like drawing, you know, I really like art. Um, and I think that's really kind of where that spark started. Uh, and then as I got older, you know, we moved to the U.S. I moved to the U.S. when I was in, in 1998, so I think I was 10. Um, and I really got into computers, just video games, one of the sponsor families, because I came here as a refugee. And where, where in the U.S. did you first, when you arrived, where did you? I came to Austin. You came right to Austin. Right, okay. right. And so, you know, my family was here for a little bit. We had a, a sponsorship family for the refugees, and the, uh, the son of one of those ladies that was kind of helping us, he had like an old Macintosh, and it had like Doom and like all these old school games. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I didn't even know what that was like I just knew okay if I put in this like plastic thing some cool graphic would mm -hmm. come up and that was doomed like floppy disk sure <laughs> so so it was kind of funny and that really kind of I didn't even know that it had like all these games on there so I got really into it super into video games super into computers and then now did you how how was your English when you moved over in 98 uh, not so great. Okay. I remember crying a lot because <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. I'm never going to learn okay. this language. But I learned it in like two months. Yeah. It was just like the very first couple of weeks. I was kind of unsure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where was I? Okay. So, so I was really into computers and then I, I think I still had that sort of passion for art and drawing because that's kind of how I passed my time aside from that. Uh, and then when I got to college age, that's kind of what I chose to do was like graphic design seems like a perfect combination of its art and it's also something to do with computers. So right. I was like, maybe I can yeah. make some money doing sure, this, you sure. know? Now at that time, were you aware that industrial design was a, was an occupation or even aware of what it was something anybody did? Uh, not really. I, I do remember some of the recruiters actually from University of Houston coming in 
and they kind of talked about it a little bit, but my impression of it was that it was something about like 3D animation. Okay. And I think at that time, I thought it was going to be something that was like too difficult for me for some reason. Yeah, so I was okay. like, eh, I'll pass. I'll do graphic design. It seems a little bit easier and it's still related to computers, sure. you know. Um, but then I, I feel like after that, I kind of regretted that, <laughs> like not actually going to school for okay. it. Um, but I think ultimately it all kind of worked out. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, you, Boris, your story's kind of interesting because you came into Dell. You were, um, were you, were you were like an intern? Was it an internship or was it just a contractor uh, job? Because there were interns at the time. We had interns that, right. that turned that was into a contractors. Funny. Yeah. So I was an intern for a contractor. So, <laughs> yeah. well, like, like, that's like the lowest you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Before that was floors. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that with? Uh, Steven Umbach. He helped uh, me sort of. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I know right. Steven. Yeah. So the way I really got my foot in the door is I was kind of slacking on my internship to find an internship anywhere in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, and not for lack of, I guess, skill, hopefully. <laughs> I think it was more like I just wasn't, you know, it was the last semester and I needed an internship and my time was kind of mm -hmm. running out. But actually, Jimmy Slagle, mm -hmm. uh, he's a customer at my dad's shop. My dad's a mechanic. Oh, and okay. So, I know Jim. Yeah, yeah. And so he was kind of, he kind of helped me get my foot in the door. Okay. And, Steven Unbox's company was kind of where I fit in, and I was like, okay, this is my chance, go. <laughs> now he, he, I don't know if he still does it, was focusing on a lot of like the uh, IDSA competition entries yeah. and patent stuff. He still does that. Okay, yeah. and yeah. Were, so you were supporting some of those efforts then, or? Just no, it, it was largely mostly for CMF still. Oh, so, so Joe's team. Yeah, my actually my first task I would say was I had to go in and there was a huge well I guess I guess it was kind of related to awards, but there was a huge wall of awards yeah. in the main hallway, and I had to go in and <laughs> handwrite each award. It was like totally one of those like task filling, yeah. you know, and I had to go in and like hundreds of awards, write them all down, and then turn it into Paula when she okay. used to work there still. So that was like one of that my very first, first tasks. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> what did I get myself <laughs> well, into? This isn't graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so so you started you started doing that and then you started helping with, you were kind of doing like product design support. You were helping the industrial designers with ID books, uh, graphic, doing graphic design, right. like graphic placement, icon placement, right. all that kind of stuff. Talk, talk a little bit about that. So you're, you're kind of, you're starting to find yourself in the world of what I would call big industrial design, right? You're working, you're working at Dell, you got all these guys and gals coming in, bunch of, bunch of stud designers that work there, right? Including myself, right? A bunch of, <laughs> bunch of, of course, a bunch yeah. of, a bunch of, like the, it's like the all star team. It is like the all star <laughs> the team. Studs that and so is. we've got this little guy, Boris, right? There's <laughs> Boris, that the the funny kid from Eastern Europe that's like helping us out doing ID books. But I think I think what's part of part of why I really wanted to talk to you, Boris, is that you had this desire, right? You came in and you were working and you just did work, right? You worked. And you did whatever was asked and you 
always did it with sort of a good attitude and uh, a smile on your face, right? And I think why one of the reasons why I believe it's important that people understand kind of where you came from is that shit just wasn't sort of like easy, right? It wasn't like, hey, uh, here you go. You can go to this college. It's kind of nice and easy. We'll help you out with, you know, while you're in school. And, you know, it's like a super easy sort of cushy life that maybe <laughs> like my kids have gone through growing up, right? Um, you know, you're a legit refugee, right? And so I think um, your perspective is very different. And so there was an opportunity there and you decided to monopolize that opportunity for your own benefit. And, and it's a good thing because, you know, there's, there's really good work that comes out of, comes off of your hands and out of your, you know, what you're doing. And so I, I think that it's just really important to kind of put per, people to put perspective in their designed lives and what they're doing that there's always opportunity. You just have to make it and you kind of have to work for it. And I don't know, um, you know, I don't know. We've never talked about this. This is the first time you and I've ever talked right. about this. So, um, you know, so maybe if I'm coming out of left field, you can tell me to kind of back off. But um, I, I find it very significant what you've done and kind of where you are right now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess it's one of those things I think you really just have to want to do it. I think initially it almost felt like it was a necessity because a lot of the work that was asked to do was related to the ID books. And I guess for people that aren't aware of what that is, it's if you're sending a product to a supplier, you kind of have to have some details around that product. So you have to have like renderings, you talk about all the CMF about it, right? And it's like a huge document. It could be like 50 pages long. Um, and so that required you to learn renderings and I, had no idea what a rendering even was. I had no idea what CAD even was. I didn't know anything about any of those things. So I think the necessity part of it was, I kept having to ask you guys, hey, you know, can I get 10 renderings? And then one would be missing, and then I have to go back and ask again. And it, it just, it, it was kind of creating a lot of just time suck. And so I figured I'm just gonna learn how to do this so I can just make it easier on myself, right? right. Um, but then as time went on, I think the real tra transition was I kind of got really interested in the idea of like creating something that's 3D. Uh, that felt more sort of, like not unique, but more interesting, I guess, than graphic design because it's just all 2D and you can only do so much. I could either go to like web design, you kind of run out of options in my opinion. Uh, and I think moving into 3D was really interesting for me, or not interesting, but um, it's, it kind of almost goes all the way back again, because when I was a kid, I would tear apart toys to see how they worked. And I think there was some interest there as well. Um, and so I really kind of moved into, you know, learning CAD, learning how to render um, just to kind of satisfy the need for those ID books. Okay, so you were, you were learning some of the tools of right. industrial design right. at the same time. At, you know, when you were doing that, were you thinking, hey, I could do what these guys are doing in terms of I could be an industrial designer? Or were you still thinking, I'm a graphic designer and I'm helping support this team 
and I'm going to learn these tools to basically help yourself on the graphic design side. So you still hadn't thought, I'm going to do their job, essentially. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I think the moment where that sort of changed is when I started working on the Alienware team. Uh, because, like I said earlier, I was really into video games, and Alienware was always like this unattainable device because, you know, my parents didn't have a lot sure, when we first moved sure. here, and I would hear all those kids like in the chat rooms like, oh, I got an Alienware, I'm running this game on like Max. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm on low. <laughs> I don't even have a gaming PC and right. I'm trying to like play some games. Um, and so I always kind of had this high regard for Alienware. Uh, and then when I got on that team and I started seeing like all the cool stuff that was coming out of there, I was like, oh wow, I really want to try and do this. And actually, Tony, you kind of helped me out in the very beginning because you were talking about uh, it was you and Joe about kind of helping me transition. Like, what do I really want at Dell? Right. And that was one of the things that, that's what I kind of learned. I want to go into ID. Um, one of the first, you know, designs was the Alienware backpack, the Vindicator backpack. Oh, okay. Like very okay. early sort of dark shell type design. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you worked on a backpack. That was sort of your, right. okay. And th those are actually, an, that's an interesting product because they actually are very graphic design oriented, right? Because you're basically building a two-dimensional pattern right. that sort of forms the shape with fabric. Right. So it was all a, just 2D angles. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. You're looking at the front view, the side view. Yeah. And then you hope to kind of make a volume out of it. Sure. But the good thing is someone else makes the backpack. I just give them the design and then we kind of do some iterations. Okay. So. Yeah. Kind of an easier transition, I would say, yeah. than just going straight into CAD. <laughs> sure, sure. Awesome. So I think, you know, just kind of watching the transition from that point, because that was, when was that? Like five, oh, six geez. years ago when that transition started? Because yeah. it, it was a gradual transition, and, and you were... You were still, so a lot of contractors had their jobs flipped to uh, full-time employment. When was that? That was about five years ago. Five years yeah. ago. Okay. And you were, you were turned into a, was it, what was the, it wasn't industrial design. It was like product or graphic design product specialist or something like that. It was something along those lines. I can't remember for yeah, sure. Yeah. And when did your, when did your. Uh, title officially changed to industrial design. When did that happen? I want to say it was about two years ago. Okay. Maybe three years ago. Two or three years two ago. Three you don't remember? Ago. That's a pretty significant <laughs> day. It's probably about two years ago. So is, uh, were you, so up until then, like, were you doing 100% full time industrial design before that official transition happened or? I was doing sort of a mix. So a lot of the sort of graphic design stuff was out. I think the ID book stuff doesn't really qualify as graphic design. I think it's still industrial design. It's just kind of like There's some keeping. graphics to it because you get to right, you know, you the have page to layout. layouts and yeah. things of that nature. But I, have, I had a template. Yeah. So yeah. it was pretty quick. Yeah. But what I found was it was just sucking up a lot of my time. And so I would, you know, I would also have 
tasks to do, you know, desktop concepts and, you know, for Inspiron or XPS. Oh, as you were still doing as some of graphic still design doing support. That. And okay. so I was finding myself like working on weekends, working late nights. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm doing like I'm two, doing jobs two jobs now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You doubled up. You doubled up because, well, you had roles and responsibilities and the role right. was, this is what you have to do. You're more than welcome to go and do industrial design work don't let it get in the way of the work that you got to do. Right. That's basically the way it is. Right. And so I think the point is, is that, uh, like you said, like I worked late nights, I worked on weekends, I did whatever it took to get to the point where the executives felt like we can turn Boris into a full-time industrial designer away from being a effectively support for the industrial design team. Right. Yeah. And that's something where I, I made the ask. Usually I kind of just did what needed to be done. And I think if, I think if you turn in good work and you show that you care, you can really get places, but mm -hmm. probably not as quickly. <laughs> and that was one time where I actually asked, I was like, look, I can't keep doing both. I need to switch. Either I stay in this other role or I go into ID and I'd really prefer to stay in ID. Mm -hmm. okay. And so that's kind of when that happened. Yeah. But yeah. you, you, but it wouldn't have happened if you weren't doing the work. Oh, right. For right? sure. For sure. Like, kind of like you, your school. Yeah. In a way, like yeah. those late nights and like, that's, yeah. that was like yourself teaching that transition over. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I guess my point is, is that, um, so for those of those that may be listening, the, the, the handful of people that decide to download and listen to us talk about industrial design and people and stuff, uh, the process is you have to put in the work. Design doesn't just happen because I wish it in one hand. And you've heard the phrase, you know, wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills, fills up first. Um, well, we know which one will fill up first. So, um, you know, my intensity. My around, mother never taught me that. Yeah. Phrase, by the way. Never heard that. yeah. <laughs> that is graphic. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, my, the, the point is, is that um, Boris put in the work. Boris did the work and, and Boris and I both know our executives very well, uh, the other managers and the manager's bosses and flipping somebody from one role into an, an ID role is not a insignificant thing to have happen because that's an ID position that we could go outside and hire and keep Boris. We could have kept Boris at a, doing the graphic design stuff. He's doing fine. Why, why flip him? Why go through the process of flipping them? And so the point is, is that he did the work and you have to do the work. You know, design just doesn't happen. And Dan and Aaron know this and I know this uh, is that you just don't sort of like walk around and expect good design to happen or a lot of work to happen. You actually have to go and do it. Dan has a business that he has to run. He has to go and do the work and find the work and get the work done. And Aaron has to be a valuable partner in that he supplies Dan and the clients with the work that needs to be done. It's, it, this is, to me, this is like such a simple life lesson that I don't know if um, our younger generation truly understands that no matter what obstacle that could potentially be put in front of your face, that it's, it's very easy if you just keep plugging away. And I watched Boris plug away day after day, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year. And 10 years later, Boris is one of the lead designers on Alienware. 
And, and I guarantee you there's at least a thousand people that are, would love to be in the Alienware design position. No doubt. Yeah, so that speaks well to you, Boris. <laughs> no, awesome. I think it's awesome. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I get fired up on stuff like this because I think that, um, uh, you know, with kids in school and seeing other kids and just kind of like seeing the, the amount of opportunity that is in front of people's faces that they don't really realize is there, that you just have to kind of have to yeah. take advantage of it. And I think one of the things, too, and you were kind of alluding to this earlier, is you do have to take advantage of it, and it's to your benefit to do it in such a way, you know, that you shouldn't expect, you know, the the glorious things all the time, right? right? So whatever work that comes your way, do it with a positive attitude and a smile yeah. on your face. And it may not be fun or great or glory, but, you know, you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And eventually you're going to get, yeah. you're going to get somewhere because other people will notice. Have you done glorious work, Boris? Have you got <laughs> How about the unglorious stuff? Well, you could say the design books aren't necessarily the you know right. the most glorious type of work, right? right? But it's some work, and you do it, and you do it well. Right. I mean, it's really important to not get discouraged. There's a lot of times where we have designs that you know you might perceive as they suck or something, right? So you have to kind we of keep going and not give up, right? That's why you have. A whole wall of options. Yeah. So. Well, you've got some good mentors over there, though. I mean, you're working <laughs> with Josh and Jason, and, and uh, I don't think you could be working for, you know, uh, anybody better kind of doing the, yeah, doing the stuff that you're doing. And you're working for Nick now, um, you know, who's a new, new, newly promoted manager. Uh, so I, I think I think you're in a good you're in a good spot. I, you know, you're you're you know, I, and you've been working with those guys Pretty much the whole time. A really long time. Josh yeah. especially, I would yeah. say, since like the very beginning almost. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how would you say um, you've had to adjust your skill set from, obviously, you mentioned doing some drawing as a, as a youngster, and then you went to school to do graphic design, and they taught you a certain skill set. Right. How do you feel you've had to adjust, like use some of that and adjust it to map to industrial design. So, so for example, something can be like, you know, you used to like computers and playing games right. and that may relate to doing CAD work, right? Uh, I think it's almost like a 50-50. It wasn't necessarily that I'm using graphic design to influence or industrial design to kind of show that transition from graphic design. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of both. I always see like products getting simpler and simpler. So almost like the graphic layout of the product is a good design. Like a very simple graphic layout, if you do like a side view or something mm -hmm. like that, that could make a really awesome product because it's just so simple, right? I think, because design is all about, you know, to me, reducing, 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 right? To make like the most pure form of something that's designed specifically for that task. And so the graphic design aspect of it is just literally, I would say, you know, the 2D aspect, mm -hmm. just keeping it very simple. Does it look good in 2D? It's probably going to look fairly decent in 3D. Okay. It's not always the case. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's probably very helpful that you have experience doing graphic design because, like you were saying, it, it really... Sh it it really helps you to 
create a good product when you're really trained when your eye is really trained to you know like proportions and where things go and where right. everything yeah right and i think it's also interesting that you were designing um like little you were drawing like tanks or like trucks and stuff and you ended up designing alienware which is kind of like <laughs> I mean, not necessarily the same, but it's very, right. uh, very kind of like aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is kind of funny. <laughs> so what advice? So now that you okay, you started in graphic design, now you're in industrial design. In retrospect, what advice would you give to somebody in graphic design, having kind of played in both worlds? Uh, don't be afraid to explore a little and jump into the 3D world okay so one way you can do that is like packaging design mm -hmm. uh, can't really think of other examples <laughs> <laughs> when i was in school there well, was I, like I, point I, of purchase which is related with packaging but that's very graphic design ish right and 3d as well right or if you're like thinking about if you're doing like a rebrand for a company mm -hmm. you start to think about not just you know billboards you think about what would the building potentially look like? That touches almost like into architecture sure. a little bit, right? So yeah. you, you start to go into these like different fields, but just don't be afraid to step out of this sort of 2D zone. Because um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there too with like, you can, you can go into animation as well. You don't necessarily have to do mm -hmm. industrial design. There, you know, if you look at all the sports cast stuff, they have like the, the spinning animations. Mm -hmm. And with a sort of basic graphic design skill set, you won't... Uh, we let, wait, wait for the fire truck to go <laughs> yeah. by. <laughs> there, he there he goes. Yeah. I think with a, you know, that stuff, when I was a, you know, really into graphic design, I found that stuff to be really intriguing and cool, but I would never have the skill set back then to, like, make a cool revolving logo like that or, you know, mm -hmm. something. So... Just don't be afraid to kind of step into the 3D world, 3D world, even if it's not industrial design, per se. Mm -hmm. I think um, what I can see being a great challenge is the tools. You know, I would, if I, if I think of, of, you know, myself in your position, like, just, you know, like you were saying CAD or, you know, right. you thought it was when uh, the recruiters were coming over, you thought it was maybe something that was too difficult because you know like getting to know those tools like getting to like going to that transition into CAD and start building stuff or like renderings like uh, if you can speak a little bit of how you got into using the tools because I think that would be the biggest or at least to me like if I was in your shoes like thinking about those tools or using those tools that would it would be intimidating, it would be intimidating yeah I think you just have to tinker you know, uh, I was fortunate enough that, you know, Dell had a lot of licenses uh, to get some of the paid for tools, but you can use Sketcher, right? Google Sketcher. Yeah. Uh, is it called Sketcher? SketchUp. SketchUp. Sketch yeah. Um, so, but really you just kind of have to start tinkering with it because once you sort of have a workflow, even in graphic design with all the tools like an Illustrator and Photoshop and kind of like those main programs, you can do the same thing in any 3D program. You just have to really, you know, what's this icon? Sure. Click on that. Oh, now I'm sketching. Okay, I drew something, but I don't know how to make this 3D. So then you're kind of just 
pushing buttons. You have YouTube now. Anybody can get on YouTube. Yeah. I think really you just have to actually jump into it. It seems intimidating, but it's not once you actually start playing with the program and you know you make your first spline or like an extrude, right? Mm. I've made a box. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, start start with yeah. the little steps and keep working, right. and building yeah. building on that. So. Uh, so um, having, again, gone from graphic design to industrial design, do you see yourself now going anywhere else past industrial design? So there's other, you know, a lot of industrial designers move on to, let's say, UI, you know, right. interface design, which is a little bit like graphic design in some ways. But um, do you see yourself sticking, okay, I'm industrial design, or do you see I'm going to move on to something else or... That's a tough question because yeah. I. So who or who knows? <laughs> exactly. I I had no idea I was going to be in industrial right, design when yeah. I started at Dell. So who knows? A couple of years, maybe it's animation. Maybe sure. it's something else. I'm not quite Rocket sure. Rocket engineering. <laughs> Working for SpaceX. Right. Yeah. Actually, engineering does sound kind of interesting. It's still <laughs> it's still problem solving. Sure. Right, and it's kind of like the next step. Like I know what the product looks like. I kind of know what the interior, you know, how it's all set up, but I feel like I can make a more pr effective product if I know the whole spectrum, sure. yeah. right? Even yeah. go into engineering. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good weapon. If you have a, um, a degree in engineering and industrial right. design, yeah. you can do both. I, I worked for a guy that, that, that had a, he, he was an engineer at IBM, then he went back to school, got his ID degree, and then he was an industrial designer. Was he a good industrial designer? Yeah, he was a really good industrial <laughs> designer. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not. Uh, and then we had a designer at Dell that was a uh, um, had two degrees. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a good tool to have because you know sometimes those engineers, man, they just start using bluff. they start using words, and you're like, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, <laughs> I don't know what they're the what tolerance they're doing. stack up. Yeah, no, there's like, like tolerances, and then they start saying six sigma, and then I had one one engineer, uh, my peer describe exactly what it meant to be six sigma and then five sigma and four sigma and he's like it's bullshit when they, if, if they tell you something needs to be six sigma unless you're shooting somebody out into outer space or you're making like heart valves there's no reason that it <laughs> yeah. needs to be six sigma because it's like it's um what was it 120 failures in like three million parts or something like okay. that if you go google it which i don't know why i didn't do it before but but if you google like six sigma five sigma um yeah, you, you're fine with five sigma, but the engineer's like, oh, we got to do it at six sigma. It's got to be six sigma design, and it doesn't meet the, the specification for six sigma. Uh, we're going to have a lot of failures. I'm like, but so it's like a 0.0002% of failure mm -hmm. at six sigma. And if you do it at five, it's like 0.02% failure, okay. which isn't too bad. Right. A fraction of a percent failure. See, but if you know that two sigma or whatever is all you need, you can argue that point instead of being like, okay, fine, let's figure out six somehow. Yeah, well, all right. right, we'll do six. <laughs> I remember that being an argument with, with a couple of engineers. There's got to be six sigma. We can't, we can't, we're going to have a lot of failures. We're going to drive the price up. Can't do that. Can't afford it on this product. It's going to be too expensive. <laughs> Is that what all engineers sound like? <laughs> Some of them do. And I, my, my imagination of that engineer, he probably wears pleated blue jeans and wears tasseled loafers. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Not, not some of the guys that I work with. Yeah. They're, 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 not, they're not like that. They're pretty good. They always tie 
hiding their shirts in. Yeah, they tuck their t-shirts <laughs> tuck in. their shirts in, yeah. 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 <laughs> so what advice, Boris, would you have for anybody undecided in terms of um, what they want to do in life? Like, a, you know, someone went to college. The reason why I'm asking is I have to a couple of kids in college mm -hmm. and some of them are undecided as to what they want to do. So what advice would you give to somebody? You know, if you kind of look it back at your, uh, up to this point, career path, education, and even, you know, upbringing from, you know, where you came from, what, what things have you learned that you would then give advice to other people? You know, life skills, let's say. As far as like, you know, how, how do you find your way in life and find your way into a career? What, would, what advice oh, would you man. give them? I'm the wrong person to ask for that. <laughs> really? oh. No, no, you like can, no, no, because here's, here's the thing, I think. You may not know the direct or, or uh, and, uh, you know, what you might guess would be the answer, but um, for me, it's basically what are some core attributes that somebody has, right? So I think you could say you have a, a thirst for and curiosity for knowledge, right? And maybe adventure, perhaps. And those things, now I'm answering my own question. Those things will then sort of guide you no matter what situation you're in in life, when you're in school or in a career path or anything else. That's kind of my, what my advice would be. Right. I mean, another way you can do it is just kind of Sounds very philosophical, but just like look inside yourself and really think about what do you love doing? Like, do you love to spend time with friends? Do you love to draw? Do you, right? Like, so figure out what you really like to do, whatever that is, and then look at careers that potentially fit into that. But also understand, you know, do you have the sort of patience to kind of go through that, like from sure. beginning to end, right? Because there's a lot of times where, you know, oh, I love graphic design. You get into it and then, you know, you realize that, oh, it's a little bit too much work. I don't want to learn how to do web design. I don't mm -hmm. want to do, you know, and then you kind of stop. So just figure out what you like very early on, I would say. That's one sort of regret I've had uh, because I do think back to, you know, when University of Houston came into my school and they were like, you know, doing a career day, and I was like, eh, animation seems too hard for me, mm -hmm. and I decided not to do it, but I kind of feel like I'm the type of person where if I just put my mind to it, and I just put in a lot of hours, I'll eventually do it, you know, and so I just wish, you know, I could have probably started my industrial design career a little bit earlier had I just but you not may, been afraid. But you may not be at Dell. That's true. You might be somewhere else. You might be designing... Uh, yeah, I don't know, toilet partitions for Kohler or something like that, right? <laughs> and, and maybe you'd be like, I'm literally, you know, doing the shit job. We're going to get some comments from the toilet partition designer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I knew a guy, I, knew, I worked for a guy, I won't name him, uh, but he said his first industrial design job was working for a, uh, a like a dirty movie company outlet. <laughs> And he had to design the booths that you would go in and watch oh the dirty movies. Gosh. And he's like, oh. it even, and he's like, it even had a place for uh, a tissue dispenser. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was his first design job. You could have been doing that for us. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Uh, I do have, um, as someone that did maybe struggle a little bit as well to find their path into industrial design, 
to someone like, you know, you're, you said your kids or Daniel, uh, yeah. that, you know, they're undecided. I would say, um, just keep trying stuff because for example, I, when I graduated high school, you know, I had always done art and I was like, that's all I can do. Like, but I'm going to be starving or whatever. So, so I chose engineering just to try it. Uh, I was there like a semester and a half. I did not, I realized I did not like it. Then I went back to art and I was like, this is too easy. Like I've been doing this my whole life. Like it's, it felt like I was doing the same thing, the same things that I had already been doing. And then I found industrial design and I just went for it, you know, try it, see if I liked it. And that, you know, led me, that process just led me to fit in with what I really liked. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So I would just keep, you know, urge them to keep trying, you know, not stop and, and dwell on it. Just go for it and then see if you like it. If you don't, then you can, you know, it's not like uh, you're stuck with it. Like you can, you can always do something else. Yeah. yeah. Well, they say it takes 10 years to make an overnight success. So just, just so people know, like Oris has been at Dell for 10 years. And he's a he's a regarded senior industrial designer on the staff, uh, working at Alienware and one of the most uh, premium brands in the tech industry. So the shit just doesn't happen, like I've been stating before. So for all you young kids that think that design is just something and you're going to just show up and you're going to be handed a pencil and a piece of paper and you're going to they're going to tell you to go and design something fantastic you're probably going to start off doing some things that you wish that you didn't have to go and do. Uh, but it's a part of the process. Sure. And, and there's a bit of a, there's a, there's, there's a point of being miserable, which is, which actually most people need to go through. There's some misery that we all need to kind of push ourselves through. And if you're not making yourself miserable now, then you're not, then you're not doing life good enough. Uh, in my opinion, uh, everybody should have some misery that's attached to their activities. Hey, look, do yeah. something hard. Yeah. Find a hard hobby. If your job's not hard enough, make it hard. Right. Well, and I, I think I, I would agree with you with that. Like, um, that's just part of what life is, right? Yeah. And I think... I think the trick to that is okay. It may it. How can you find reward and joy in in doing those kinds of things, right? And then that's how you can basically push through them. Yeah. Well, you know, Boris, and I'm not going to talk for him, but I will at times. Uh, you know, he's like, hey, I had to do this thing and make a list of all these awards, and you know, it was just, hey, go do that. We needed somebody to do that, and he went and did it, and. He could have said, this is stupid. I don't want to work for these idiots. Like, this is terrible. I don't want to work in a corporate environment. You could have given up after six months. I mean, right? Yeah, and, and talking about misery, I mean. Hold on. I think the battery's dead. Oh, it is. Let me see what this dog's doing real quick. She probably wants. I gotta go out. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you working at, dog? There's a fancy little light on it. Nice. Do I check? Does no, it matter? It's, it's on. It's on. Oh. We'll wait for Dan to come back. Go back. Figure out how, where I was. And my thought. My train of thought. You were at the part where I cut you off. <laughs> yeah, well, you were talking, you were talking about talking. misery. Huh? Misery. I love. Misery. I love misery. Everybody should be have some misery. 
Yeah. That's right. I'm in it right now. <laughs> Are you? This is super tight deadline. Yeah. But it'll that? be okay. Imagine that work. <laughs> Imagine it being hard. <laughs> That's why I like to wake up super early for the gym, because after that, it feels like, yeah, feels so good. I'm Life's like, a little easier. Yeah, yeah, like, I already did that, like, yeah, it's just, well, aside from, like, you know, feeling super rested, or, like, super relaxed, like, muscular-wise or whatever. Yeah. It just feels like that's the, the toughest part of my day is, you know, like, waking up. What time? <laughs> Uh, wake up like at four forty-five-ish. Jeez. Yeah. About when I but wake I mean, it, take, it takes a while for <laughs> me to like get get going. Yeah. You know, like use the restroom. You know, like drink something, and then wow. I'll end up going to the gym like five forty-five. It took me like an hour to get to get rolling. Yeah. My <laughs> alarm is whatever my meeting is thirty minutes before that. <laughs> so it's like if it's at eight seven thirty. You're not trying hard. <laughs> Gonna get Boris on the path. <laughs> so sorry, I I don't where where were we there, Boris? You were kind of going. Well, I was just you were talking about kind of struggling sometimes, uh, and I think you know it's it's not a situation where you struggle in the beginning and all of a sudden you've made it and everything is amazing now and there's like rainbows and flowers. It's like there will always be times where you struggle with either a design or a deadline or, or a something person. Like, right <laughs> your boss yeah <laughs> and so, right <laughs> and it's just important kind of just keep chugging along because there will always be sort of you know there, there's going to be the satisfaction of when you actually have a good product right when you invest it in all your time so fantastic yeah very good well we've been at it 45 minutes I think that's good enough. That's longer than most people <laughs> yeah. can listen to. I get something. excited about stuff like this. And, and the reason why is that, you know, when I talk about struggle, I talk about, I'm not saying to go and cut a limb off and then try to <laughs> go through life. I'm talking about daily effort and, and, and struggle with whatever it is that you're doing and that you're trying to be the best that you can. Life does not come at us easily. It's never handed to us. And I think, um, you know, these, these things, or not things, these opportunities that are given, um, you know, Boris is a person who sort of exemplified the idea of, here's an opportunity, I'm just gonna sit here and work until they tell me to leave, or they're gonna ask me to stay, right? And so they asked him to stay. And, and like I said, he is in one of the premier, premium, best-in-class gaming tech on the planet, and he's working on that brand. And there's a lot of people who would love to be there, and you, you've made the sparks that happened that got you into that position. Uh, and I think it's impressive. So, um, you know, I look at it as someone who had it relatively easy going through high school, in college, um, and when I say easy, in that I wasn't a refugee, but but my parents were, and my mother was a refugee. So, um, you know, looking at that as an example of shit could be a hell of a lot worse than people think it is right now, and 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 people who think things suck right now, it doesn't suck 
No one's shooting at you. Nobody's doing mean things to you. Yeah. All they're doing is saying words. It's just words. Just everybody take a fucking <laughs> <laughs> That part we might need to edit. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Boris. Thanks, guys. I'll, I'll beat that one. <laughs>